Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Yo, 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 Boozer Nation. Welcome to session 61 of Blockchain and Booze. Every week that goes by, I feel like we're getting deeper and deeper into quarantine vibes. And I'm really, really excited that Miami Blockchain Week is happening. What? In less than less than a week, about a week. So I can see everybody that we've been hanging out with online. Uh, for those who are tuning in to uh, the live stream on Twitter, welcome. Welcome to Blockchain and Booze. This is probably your first Blockchain and Booze. Cheers to you. Uh, for those who might be confused and seeing a live stream on Lunar Crush's feed, uh, my name is Adam. I'm the ops manager at Draper Gorn Home, and I'm the host of Blockchain and Booze, a really fun uh, weekly hangout and an unconventional look into blockchain where I, I interview the top people in crypto and chat with them over a drink in front of a live global audience. Uh, and if this is your first time, go hang out with that live global audience. Go to meet.blockchainbooze.io, meet.blockchainbooze.io. You'll hear me say that a ton throughout the stream because, well, people are watching live. They're drinking live. Uh, I'm drinking right now a Moscow Mule. Cheers to everybody that's uh, that's tuning in. And uh, let's just get right to it. So today's session, we're talking about uh, Lunar Crush, uh, mainly because well, we're doing a brand new media partnership in an effort to, to spread blockchain and booze to more and more and more communities. We're now tapping into Lunar Crush and the awesome community that it's built. Uh, recently crossing 100,000 followers on Twitter. So congrats to them. Uh, and we're trying to bring more original content, more fun stuff to you guys. Uh, and here's blockchain and booze. So without further ado, let me bring up the Lunar Crush gang themselves. So we got Joe Bazzani. We got John Farjo. And we got the gangster along. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Nice. What? What is? How come you have so wow. much <laughs> Lunar Crush merch? You're, oh you're my muted, god! By the way. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had a quarter of a drink. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toast to that. Awesome Cheers. Cheers. Doesn't yes. it look like I'm wearing like my dad's hat or my big brother's hat right now? Like this, this hat is. Way Definitely doesn't fit the head size there. Alon, you know what you got to do? You got to get a Lunar Crush tattoo right here. Over your ears, you know, like fully pull it down. <laughs> I kind of like it. I, I don't know, man. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's not your fit. <laughs> but you know what you should do? You know how people get like a teardrop here? You should get like the Lunar Crush rocket underneath your eye. All right. Uh, if you show up how, how many retweets? Too, how many retweets? <laughs> how many retweets do we need? Does, does anyone like, yet have, have a Lunar Crush tattoo? No comment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. All right. We're going to have to think about this. When first guys, person, what's, first what's person to get one becomes a $10 billion company? Like a Decacorn or something? <laughs> what is it? Not a unicorn? I'll do it, I'll do it then, Alon. And that would be okay. We'll, we'll go. I'll, I'll meet you at the tattoo parlor. We're both doing it. No, I think we wow. should both give each other the tattoo. Oh, even better. <laughs> Live on Blockchain and Boost. Guys, welcome. Right. It's our first official uh, media partnership collab. We're live streaming on Lunar Crush. I couldn't be more excited. I, I love Lunar Crush so much, and I've been wanting to do a collab with you guys for. For the longest time, you guys have been guests. John, you're you're a featured person on the intro reel, and you have been for the last how many sessions? So I'm really excited to get this. Cheers. Welcome, welcome to the Boozer Nation, as I like to say. You see how fancy Cheers. Adam has gotten, by the way. He got a he got a dedicated actual like copper cup for his cocktail. I like it. Yeah. You should see. I have a friend that has been watching blockchain and booze, like a, a close friend of mine that bought me a blockchain and booze apron. Uh, he got me a blockchain and booze mug with my face on it and uh, just pimped me out with blockchain and booze merch. Uh, maybe we got to do a collab with Metafactory at some point and get some blockchain and booze stuff out there. But enough banter. Let's let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's discussion. I titled it Lunar Crushing Companies uh, for one obvious reason. You guys have seen what we've been through, the bloodbath that we've been through, what, the last five, seven days and what that was like and and the news outlets kind of 
preaching that Bitcoin's dead again for like the bazillionth time and crypto's dead. And and then Monday comes and we see this crazy uptick. So I'm bringing, I'm bringing you guys up for, for one obvious reason. You guys have some of the best data in crypto uh, and, and I want to hear why. So what the hell happened <laughs> this last, what, few days? Uh, and what's up with all this activity? What's up with all this craziness? I don't know where to start even, you know, in the last 10 days, but I do want to start by saying uh, I'm super excited that, you know, you're going to be hosting this. And, um, you know, I think when you, who, who would have known when you started this thing back when all of COVID started that it would uh, turn into what it's turned into. And so you've had some amazing guests like Mark Cuban. And um, I know Gary Vee is going to be on here at some point, but uh, no, man, just congrats on all of it. Happy to be hosting it for you guys going forward. And I mean, it's, you know, the part of it, is you know what happens to the world now that people might be getting out a little bit at least here in the u.s i think we've been pretty fortunate and so uh but what a fun place to come on a tuesday night and get together the community and everything else um so super excited for it man thank you thank you for mm -hmm. sure and yeah we didn't and john and i were talking on a on a zoom earlier yeah. and we were like man we didn't even really have an opportunity because i was out of town all last week to really talk about you know what was going on um and what had happened and you know mr uh our, our dear friend, Mr. Mr. Elon, just tossing grenades over the fence at us and, you know, maybe like hopping on one randomly for some reason. Um, but, you know, I, you know, having been someone that's followed Elon for like many years now, it was it definitely seemed like a little out of character um, for him. You know, it's like whenever he there's a problem out in the world. Right. Like Hyperloop. Here's here's how I would solve that. Right. Like miners stuck, you know, or, you know, in a cave. Here's how I would solve that. It, it was never like. Hey, look at this problem. And that's, that's the end of the conversation. It was always kind of followed with something. So I felt like it was a little out of character, which is interesting. But, um, that being said, you know, they, I, I think a bigger thing and a bigger statement, if it was truly, um, you know, the way that they felt it would have been like, Hey, we, we sold our entire Bitcoin position and we're moving into other things, whether it be Dogecoin or something else, or we're going to invent our own, you name it. Um, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, he had met with Michael Saylor and then met with, um, you know, kind of a smaller council of people that are probably just having hopefully healthy conversations about, you know, energy and what's going to happen with that. And so, um, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing for the market all in all it's, you know, I don't think it was part of, you know, Satoshi's vision, whether or not who would have known if he, them, her, or they had any sort of vision outside of this shit's cool. Um, but it's. You know, it was kind of written in that first block, right? Like it's 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 supposed to be knocking like the centralization off a totem pole, and maybe who knows? Maybe Elon's smarter than all of us, and he had to, in a weird way, take himself off the totem pole because, lo and behold, there's more tweets going out and less market volatility. So, um, all in all, I think it's a it's a good thing. But I'll let I'll let John say his piece. I mean, I, I want to go on record just to say that I don't buy what he's doing for a moment. Um, mm -hmm. He's a master. He's a master manipulator of social media. Um, I want to give an example of that. So there, I was on a, a Twitter space yesterday, um, happened to be about Dogecoin. I think it was the largest space that I've seen so far. There was over 11,000 people. Elon drops in, uh, like, and people noticed, start tweeting it. 10 seconds later, it was actually trending on Twitter, like just a few seconds later, just because he dropped into a room. Wow. Um, so on one hand, I think what we're, we're witnessing is, like the, the one individual that knows how to solve um, the, any, any sort of green energy debate and could actually make it happen um, is the one complaining about it. And I think you have to ask yourself why. Um, so I don't buy it for that reason. If, if this was someone else that was another billionaire that didn't have you know power walls and solar and a network of mobile miners, uh, also known as Tesla vehicles, um, I, I might believe them. Um, if it was someone that, that wasn't the third richest person in the world talking about Dogecoin and Bitcoin and dropping into Twitter rooms, Twitter spaces, um, I might not, I, I might believe them. I, I just, I, I think that there's something else going on here and I think he's laying a foundation for it, but that's all pure speculation. On the other hand, I, you know, I, I think I've said it in five or six of our tweets recently to zoom out, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we as an industry, we've become far too minute by minute. Um, nothing's built minute by minute. And even if it is, you don't even know if it works yet. So um, when we when we look, when we zoom out and we see just where we've come from and where we are now, um, 
we've seen massive growth. I mean, massive, whether it's price or community. If we were talking a year ago versus today, I mean, huge, huge growth. So I think you have to expect um, that you're going to see volatility like this. I think the community has gotten a little bit ahead of itself um, and a little too bullish, um, a little too kind of exuberant across the board, um, a like way too little focus on actual solving of problems and utility. And you're going to get volatility. And you know what? On, on the flip side is, you know, one, one person could say that, oh, I got wrecked and I lost all this money. Volatility is why it went up in the first place. Um, volatility is what creates the next leg of the market and shakes out the nonsense at the same time. So I, I think, look, like I, I say to everyone that hasn't been through what we've been through in the last week, welcome to crypto. Um, if you've been here a few years, you've been through it multiple times. This is normal. Um, get used to it. Take advantage of it. Don't panic and sell at the bottom. Take advantage and have conviction on your, your positions. Stop trading hour by hour on nothing. It's funny you mentioned Amen. that because like zooming out right now, okay, I, I met up with a couple friends uh, this week for, for lunch or actually last week for lunch and she got into day trading uh, during the bull market. So she's never really seen uh, a bear market or insane volatility like we saw the last few days, right? The last few months, it's, all, it's only been up uh, at, at levels like we've never really seen before. And now here she is experiencing somewhat of a bear market, you know, or like a big like hit to the face uh, and her losing her entire portfolio in, in a matter or like half or 80 to 80 percent of her portfolio in a matter of hours. Right. And she she messages me. She's like, what the hell just happened? This was not part of the plan that I joined that okay. I signed up for. <laughs> well, I think most most people who trade, you know, aren't as successful like i think it's something like i forgot i, I saw some statistics who knows if it's made up or, or real but something like 90 percent of the people who are active traders do not beat the market when if you just were to have like you know just gone along with the market you just held bitcoin and ethereum and look if you held ethereum for one year you're up over over a thousand percent right now right more than 10x so and that was the you know uh, the days after the the huge the huge drop, right? So again, zoom out. And if you haven't been a part of it, it really sucks. Because a part of me, want, you know, there's people making funny jokes about it, but it really does suck for our friends who are traders who do use leverage and things like that. Like they're they're really getting destroyed. It's it's real, right? Look, I'll say I'll say this. I I interviewed this guy uh, Squish. He goes by on Twitter. Uh, in a Twitter space, uh, and he put together this report, the 77-page report on why Ethereum will go through a triple halving in the next 18 months, uh, with ETH hitting a base layer of anywhere between 30 to 50k, and then if like we're really doing well, like 150k. Okay, that's what he's expecting to happen in the next 18 months because ETH hasn't really hit uh, its its narrative and hasn't really detached itself from BTC's action. Plus, the mainstream media hasn't really gotten on top of DeFi quite yet and there's a lot of uh of the integration between what is it e e1559 right and all that stuff but the the point being is that i brought up that whole point it's like look what elon's doing to the market and he actually brought up a good point he said well it's not only elon right there was another incident that happened uh that kind of went viral or trending of this somewhat blurry screenshot from a forum uh uh who claims to be like an inside trader on the asia uh on the uh, on the asian uh side of things right uh, from one of these big firms saying warning the markets like and i'm a bit skeptical because also it was a blurry screenshot right and like how we have like such up-to-date technology like how is something so blurry uh and that so convincing and i don't know just just more banter but john you uh, so you really quickly though so often people literally just point like they like the market dumps and then they look for reasons why it dumped right. and sometimes it's some stupid shit article on on a crappy website that clearly had nothing to do with it but they like people want to point it's like it's like people who get in a car accident or there's a, they get a disease something horrible happens and they try to find the reason and most of the time there isn't a reason right it just shit happens right or, or like there isn't a reason that's obvious like some some one single billionaire dumps their their token and, and everyone freaks out, right? So something happens. So I wanna I wanna um, share my screen really quick. Uh, John, you tweeted something 
interesting, uh, what is it, a couple of days ago, uh, about replying to one of Elon Musk's <laughs> tweets. And I, I had to bring it up because it actually made me think for a minute. So this one's from at John Farge, okay? From the future, dot, 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 at Tesla converts solar plus power walls into Bitcoin miners and adds a mining software update to their vehicles, both owners and Tesla profits. Tesla becomes the largest BTC miner and hodler in the world while simultaneously eliminating <laughs> the green energy debate. Do you do you believe that? It, so this stand? is so so to a, to a degree this like this is speculation obviously right. like, but right. but I think if you put it, tell tell me someone else that could put the puzzle pieces together other than Elon and and it doesn't exist. And and the crazy thing is if you think go back a little bit um to a little while ago, I mean, I think we were supposed to have fully self-driving in, in the Teslas by now. I don't, I don't even know where we're at with that. But the whole uh -huh. idea there was going to be there was speculation about a, an Uber-like network for Tesla owners that they could lease out their car, let it drive on its own, and take people around, right? And you could profit off of loaning your car out into this network. Um, so if you think about that, the whole idea there was to um, give owners revenue, right? So your car becomes not only free, it becomes revenue-producing to you. Um, this is just another way to do that in the background. And, and if you think about it, it's, it's not really a stretch. Um, this, this is all possible. This is not easy, but this is all possible. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting and I'm still going to come back to, um, why is he meeting with Bitcoin miners? Why does he even care if this isn't remotely in the ballpark? Why is he dropping into Dogecoin, you know, forums and, and, why is he like doing a Doge launch to the moon? Um, I think, you know, we're not talking about Jeff Bezos doing any of this. You know, we're not talking about any billionaire doing this. Um, so I, I think it's an interesting discussion. Um, but again, this is all just fun and speculation. I, I'm not going to, I have no a, insider a information. Company, just a shout out. Uh, I have no idea where they're at. But a few years ago, I remember spending uh, a good amount of time with this entrepreneur is really smart named Raul uh, based in uh, Los Angeles. They had a company called Test Loop that was sort of doing exactly what you were saying, but as a third party service, basically you would sign up as a Tesla owner and allow people to just jump in your car and, you know, borrow it for the day while you're sitting at work, right? Like your car is just literally sitting there and it was a way to uh, basically make a like get a Tesla, but have it actually earn you uh revenue while uh while you were at work right um you could work with any car but with teslas you could track it you could trace it you can govern the speed you could do all sorts of things electronically that make it easier to do these kind of things it's pretty cool this is this is if i mean if we're talking proof of stake this is no different than a node on a proof of stake network this is exactly what they're doing they're providing hardware and software getting a reward for doing that for securing the network there's no difference it's just a matter sure. of like, you know, uh, building the infrastructure to do that at a different kind of skill that we've never seen before. That's probably not very easy, um, but impossible. Absolutely not. It reminds me a lot of this. Uh, it's not a new project, but I came across it one through my friends who told me about it and it was trending on TikTok for a bit helium uh, and the helium network and basically placing these helium hardware uh, devices in your house to to create and bridge connectivity. And then they reward you for bridging that connectivity with tokens. And he's going to be on in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be interesting. But I think it all it all kind of ties in together. But enough about that. Let's let's go back to the market for a minute. Okay. I know I want to see some like interesting data in terms of conversations that happened around that time. If you guys saw anything different between because we we had a lot of new users, we had a lot of newcomers. You guys probably picked up a lot of new data. Uh, I'd maybe even argue from accounts that haven't necessarily conversated around uh, around certain tickers. Uh, and I only I only push that narrative because with Elon Musk's uh, crazy tweets brings in a lot of new amateurs and a lot of uh, uh, shit coiners into the mix. So I'm wondering, were there any new type of conversations happening uh, around certain tickers that kind of sparked your, your interest, your attention during these last few days? So if we're saying, let, let's kind of back up out, outside of, let me share my screen here. Let's back outside of conversations, specific conversations. Okay. Um, I mean, the last few days, what, I mean, if I, I get this up here, if I showed you this sentiment here, like just, we do these kinds of surveys on our own Twitter quite a bit. And this is the most bearish we've ever seen. Um, it's also, 
Yeah, it, it was literally uh, what 2:46 a.m. on May 23rd, um, and so that was the most bearish we've ever seen. This was literally inverse of what we always see. Um, so people were feeling wrecked. That's because there's a lot of new people in the market. That's a big a big piece of it. But I think again back to the zooming out topic here. This is uh, two years. So this is two years of social volume, and you you kind of see where we are versus where we Crazy. were two years ago. Crazy. Yeah. Um, if you look at if you look at this number right here, which is we had two million uh, for the first time ever, two million uh, posts to, across the market, social mentions. Um, some days you're on your Twitter feed and it feels like that's every day, uh, but um, two million uh, posts over that that day on May twelfth. Um, that was that seems like a year ago, but that was only two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago. That's insane. Um, it, it is, and and when you're seeing that um, that kind of activity. Um, that's coming from a lot of new people. Um, and when we look at that on, say, Bitcoin, I'm just going to look at Bitcoin over the last, well, you know what, let's look at two years, why not, on Bitcoin. Let's let that load for a second. So, in fact, I do want to look at one year. If we look at one year on, on Bitcoin specifically, um, we're not even at the high. I mean, the high happened back here on February 19th, where we had over a million Bitcoin posts. And what, what's happened is, well, what's happened between then, then and now? Um, you know, we've seen the rise of meme tokens. We've seen the rise of, we've seen Wall Street bets transfer right into coins like Dogecoin. Mm -hmm. um, and where Dogecoin didn't even like have any, I don't want to say any, very, very little volume prior to this year. We're talking really, really small. In fact, I've got that here. Um, this is year to date, Dogecoin, uh, January 1 to today. And what's what's really interesting is when you look at this um and and you go okay so we had this big spike back in january 28th here where we had just about a million um dogecoin mentions i want to let me zoom out so i can show you that one let's look at a year ago okay this that's was Doge a year ago that's crazy we're that's talking crazy yes and so like these big spikes that were back in here we're talking you know this was like like 51,000. We had another <laughs> one that was like 31,000. And every time you guys probably remember every time this happened, we had these like one or two day spikes in Doge and then died. Mm -hmm. And wait, the spike wait, months, was months, like months. up to a penny maybe, you know, never even hit a penny, did it? Um, let's zoom in here. This was no, 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 not even a, not even a penny. Half crazy. A penny. Half a penny. Crazy. And that's so, the whole so when thing. That that's, happened, why we, that's why we told everyone don't buy Doge. <laughs> and, that, yeah, right, right. And that and that actually created that that narrative of like like super skepticism of everyone that's been here for longer than a year, right? Um, and that that wrecked feeling on people that may have gotten it at the top um, created opportunity for new people. And so, like, lose your money, sit here for months and months watching other coins go up, right? Um, then all of a sudden, <laughs> we had January 1. Let me just zoom into that. January 1 hits, we had a big, we had a spike, and it was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy, right? And this happened. And what was this? Well, I have in another tab here, because we don't have stocks on our platform uh, at this point, at least. Um, does this look familiar? GameStop. Yeah. Look at these dates. GameStop, it hit its high on January 27th. And we had this big rise here fell and then we have this sustained thing and now it's breaking out again so that's an interesting thing um we've got doge had this huge rise same exact time frame in both social and market activity fell for a bit and now we have this sustained community that is like ultra passionate now crazy and crazy. and they want to and they want to build so this this narrative of doge doesn't do anything why would you buy that it's just a meme token now you've got a community that's trying to build and, and when we back up to when we look at metrics like this, this is global social volume. Um, if I just look at six months, and again, it, it didn't register in the top 10 at all, ever, ever until this year. Um, when I just load the top coins, there we are at number two. So it's like, where did that volume come from? Well, we've got this shift out of the major caps and then we've got things like Dogecoin, higher than Ethereum, SafeMoon, PancakeSwap. None of this existed. Cardano. Cardano's come up a lot, a ton 
and it's performed really well. XRP maintained, Chainlink maintained, things like Polka Starter rose a lot because they built a great ecosystem. Um, Shiba Inu, that's newer and it's coming up. So half of this um, wasn't even on the radar a little bit ago. Um, and, and now it is, um, and it's not about sentiment. It's not about love or hate. It's just there. Um, so it's that, crazy. That's, the back, that's the backdrop. So when you see that, yeah, you're going to get volatility. You're going to get a lot of it. So it's where we're at today, that combined with people like Elon um, that have a lot of power and they make big statements about things like Bitcoin. Yeah, that's that, that absolutely blows my mind. Like, I remember when I joined in in two, late 2017, early 18, we would hear of Doge and we'd get laughed at, right? Like like we said, now the fact that it has the face of the third richest man in the world, right? Or probably one of the more powerful people like ever, right? Supporting this, putting a cult following to it brings it to a whole nother level. Uh, and now there's a group of people of, of somewhat amateurs that are now pan- passionate about it and want to build on top of it. Even though there is there is there a Doge development team? Like that's a meme within itself, isn't it? They're like how do you, how do you build, like? <laughs> you know? No, that's a great great summary, John. And it's like you know we've been in a lot of the Twitter spaces with the Doge community, and um, you know I was talking to some last night, and they like if you drop the word Mount Gox in like one of those spaces, they have no idea what you're talking about, right? These people don't have the same kind of memories and they've got this fresh mentality and whether or not it's Doge that brought them in or Safe Moon that's brought them in or whatever it may be, a a percentage of these people are going to start building, right? And they've got the bug, right? And so it's like whether or not, you know, and I could see like some of the folks that are building these layer ones are probably like, this is bad for crypto. This is terrible. It's like, Sure, like there's going to be these kind of pumps that happen, and that's you know, but no different than what used to happen with Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin used to be the most centralized coin and the only coin in the on the planet. It was one person, then two, then three. Now look where we're at, um, and it's just it's kind of goes back to the mantra that we've always said: like without a community, there's no crypto. People go and they build audiences and they build brands first now, right? And you're just kind of seeing the next generation of that, where it's like maybe back you know ten years ago, it's like what you know your people would be like oh you got to get the product out then i need the social media channel then I, maybe i need a couple other things now people and they go kind of test out markets early hey if, if what am i putting into the universe do people like that are they gravitating towards it um and then you go and you try to build a product around that brand that you've kind of started and we're just seeing it happen in real time and these are just companies right and you're going to get the good with the bad like you know if, if you haven't been rug pulled once that means you're not actually true to crypto got to get rug pulled to really, you know, get a piece of, uh, get a piece of the action, but it's just people building and growing. And that's kind of why we started Lunar Crush, right? Create transparency, help protect people. If you are on Lunar Crush and you saw the Doge coin spike, you know, everything, obviously we're not giving financial advice, but everything John and I have been saying for the last year and a half, like if there's a massive spike in something and there is no history whatsoever, you know, you're, you're playing with fire. You just are. Um, and you know, some of these are going to sustain and kind of continue to move. And, you know, like, like we always say, most of the cryptocurrencies that exist today are startups and they probably won't exist in the future, but they are going to be many, many, many more in the future than exist today. And so some of the big ones will be there, but it's just, it's just not the same thing. Like Bitcoin is a completely different thing than everything else. And like, if you're thinking that the world is fine with just only Bitcoin, I'd say that's pretty naive. And I would say, um, are you that like, like there's so much more innovation that could happen by solving the double spend problem. You really just want to stop with replacing gold. It's so boring and such a waste of technology. It's outrageous. And so obviously there's a difference between things that are, you know, but people are just trying to build a brand, get out there, get traction. And if they can, they build around it. And Doge is just a like exponential example of that where it's trying to be replicated thousands of times. I, I see Kevin has entered the green room and I want to get his point of view on what's been going on let's, with Azos. Yeah, but let's let's quickly set the, the stage because well, one of the goofy things we did this time or we're sort of uh, um, creating a little bit of a different format today 
uh, for fun is that uh, Adam, if you join on Remo, which is what meet.blockchainlose.io, um, Adam shared in Remo the link to join on stage. So if you have a question um, or, uh, or you're a part of the community where we can ask you a question or two, um, come up on stage and we'll, we'll grab you from down below or Adam will and bring you up on, on the stage for a minute or two and uh, let's have some fun. Yeah, get those questions in. Make sure you have your drink ready. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, let's do it. I'm going to bring up Kevin on stage. Yo, yo, you're muted. <laughs> well, I didn't say anything yet. Thank you. Mm. Yo, yo, I yo. I just checked my, my rank overall on Lunar Crush because I didn't realize I could do that before. So I'm 217. <laughs> now, I assume Good. most of those are, though, like, I don't know. You got to take away the... Your number, your number one, on Tezos, right? So, of human beings. Actually, uh, that depends how you're looking at it. If you're talking, I'm sure Tezos, considering the backdrop behind you that has the Tezos logo, and we were on a we were on a Tezos room earlier. Uh, yeah. You're actually a number nine influencer for Tezos over the last year. So number nine. Um, well, how yeah, much so of that is the the last six months? You know, you gotta things move quickly, and you know oh, the whole season. That's when the party happens. Oh, hold on, somebody asked a question in the QA and Number I think three. That, that, um, that it's related to this topic before we ask Kevin a bunch of, of uh, messages on te uh, questions about Tezos is, um, uh, Christina asks if the, um, if the sentiment metrics or trends can uh, move to, uh, oh wait, uh, maybe I'm, oh yeah, there it was. Uh, he was asking if he could visualize trending Twitter sentiment for things like events. But in my mind, you know, I'm thinking of products that maybe don't have their own token. Like at what point will I get to be the number one uh, uh, Lunar Crush influencer, even though Lunar Crush doesn't have a token? Based on things like events, you're saying? <laughs> well, like, think about, can can imagine if you could take the hashtag or uh, information about Miami next week and figure out who the most influential people at, at, in Miami are or something like that um, would be pretty interesting. Um, or, or let's say the most influential people in relation to um, Coinbase, even though they don't have a token, right? Like um, it's an interesting thing. They have a public company now, so the, their stock is, is essentially very similar, um, but just an interesting idea. Uh, yeah, so just, Tina threw that out there, but no, no, good suggestion. And and all I can say about that is, um, what you're seeing on Lunar Crush today is probably one percent of the data opportunity that we have to visualize. It, it's also, um, you know, it's one thing to like think about capturing one dimension, um, and it's another thing to think about capturing a lot of depth. So what I mean by that is like. Um, there's different platforms like there's Reddit, there's YouTube, there's Medium, there's there's all sorts of stuff, right? Beyond Twitter. And they all have kind of different unique user experiences and interaction patterns. And, and there's different methods for identifying what people are talking about. And there's kind of like many different ways to break that depth down. And so it'd be one thing if we said, yep, we capture every time that someone says, you know, BTC Miami. Um, it's another if we start to say, well, great, but how much depth did those conversations have? Um, were they truly related to BTC Miami or were people talking about the beautiful beaches in Miami? Um, like there's all sorts of different things to it. And there's really a different pattern. I mean, in theory, we could collect social activity on anything, right? Yeah. Um, except how that is presented and how that manifests itself is actually quite a bit different, especially on the user experience side of things. Um, so yes, you will see us track a lot more things. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's important to track it at the quality you guys do, because as we've seen with, you know, other products, uh, maybe competitive products, maybe not competitive, is that so many data products just don't capture almost any amount of data. I've like looked at random sites and they're like, oh, here's the, we track all of the tweets about Bitcoin. And then I look over at Lunar Crush and you guys literally show like, 10x, 20x the number of date of, of tweets for the same period of time. And I'm like, oh, they don't see shit. They don't even, they, they see like a fraction of what you guys see and analyze. And, you know, actually analyzing all of it, not just a small portion of it is, is obviously really, really important. Um, 
It's just, I, just interesting. I want to I wanna bring up Alina. She's been patiently waiting in the green room. She has some questions, too, on a part of oh, different okay. communities. Let's do for it. For sure. Let's do Who's it. Kevin? Hello, hello, Alina. Hey, guys. How are you? I don't Hi, have Alina. my drink in front of Hi, me. Alina. Um, so I know you guys, I've been at conferences with you. We've met in person and, um, here's my situation. I've got what I call what Robert Kiyosaki called himself the old guy. <laughs> He's the old guy. Okay. He's the old finance guy. And he was on a show with his name is Robert Breedlove. Do you know him? Robert Breedlove? Yes. Okay. Robert Breedlove yeah. is a CPA. He deals with high net worth individuals. I could tell right away the guy knows what he's talking about. He's not just some schmucko, okay, mm -hmm. with a little coin. He, he knows he's a heavy guy, heavy hitter guy. And they had a conversation, the old guy with the younger guy. And Robert Breedlove made the prediction that Bitcoin is going to disintermediate, is going to disrupt the United, the United States dollar by whatever, five, ten years. That's it. We're going to have an international currency. This is based on the conversation between these two men both of whom I find credible. Um, this is for your audience. I'm assuming this be recorded, broadcasted, just to give you my credentials. I'm an attorney. I got a background in securities law. I speak six languages. My grandfather used to run a country. Okay. And I'm sitting here watching what's going on. Listen, I'm not nobody. I'm somebody. Okay. And my family is somebody. We lived in eight <laughs> countries in the last eight generations. Wow. We're now in the United States of America. I'm a Gen Zero immigrant. English is my third language, by the way. Spanish is my fourth. You can't tell, can you? <laughs> so I'm watching all this stuff, and I'm also the COVID DJ. I'm known on Facebook. Anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> the point I'm trying to, to kind of make here is that you've got this generational issue. I'm sitting here talking to extremely high-level people. You would know who they are. And I'm trying to explain to them this whole phenomenon because they're just sitting there going, what the heck is going on? What just happened in a year? And I sit down and I analyze it for them in a very serious manner. I know how investors, I was a banker. I know how investors think in a serious manner. So here's my question to you, all right? How do you relate? Now you're looking at five uh, Bitcoin properties that Mr. Breedlove stated bitcoin has the following five properties he said that will not be disrupted this is what his thesis was in his interview with kiyosaki these properties are recognizability now so far all of you have been talking about recognizability events hoopla pr blah 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 blah, blah. okay that's called recognizability but there are four other uh traits of bitcoin and i'd like you to discuss this in a serious manner please not like you guys are in a private club but like everybody else has to understand, because if this is going to disrupt the entire world, this is very serious. Okay. Well, you're you're lucky that the I think the four of us uh, yeah. don't talk very differently in private than we do in front of everyone. So. No, but see, people don't understand. I mean, if I'm not, there are certain things. Look, I went to MIT. Uh, look, I'm very I qualified. I understand. I'm looking at the crypto space from the standpoint of a securities lawyer in the traditional lingo okay so this is what mr breedlove said i'm going to quote you what he said because he's a cpa he's in the space etc cetera, etc cetera. he advises high net worth individuals to get into bitcoin he says that bitcoin has the following traits recognizability which we've already talked about divisibility durability portability and scarcity that there is a fixed supply so can you address those traits, please, just going one by one, just as a, as with regard to Bitcoin, please, because you're all very knowledgeable. OK, I'm just going to be, be quiet now. Listen. So what do you what do you want us to address exactly? Because it makes, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like yeah. there's not really any way to argue that per se. Well, no, right? I don't understand how Bitcoin is divisible. So, so the, the divisibility part is 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 probably the, the easiest part to explain in that. You go on Coinbase, and if you want to buy fifty dollars worth of Bitcoin or one dollar worth of Bitcoin, you can. So okay, I didn't can, know that. Yeah, so so nobody well, knows that that they can buy a portion it, of Bitcoin. They don't have to have fifty thousand dollars or yes, forty thousand, whatever one. It, okay, perfect. A lot yeah, of that's crazy question. important though. You're you're absolutely right. A lot of people. They don't know this. 
It's okay, why good. things like XRP, which good. I don't believe in, and maybe other people that, that are right. watching. You're, do, might, you're doing well. Not. This is good. This is going to yeah. bring people into the market because now they understand they can buy a portion of Bitcoin. They don't have to have 50 grand to put in a Bitcoin. Perfect. Yeah. Right, well, 38, 38. Durability. Right What's this durability? What is I he think, talking about? That it's I, think he's, I think he's speaking from the point of view of, of the security behind it. Uh, it's durable, okay. right? I mean, I, I don't know if that's the right word to use per se, but durability, meaning it's security, uh, the technology, uh, the underlying blockchain that record all the transactions. Uh, okay. That's what he's referring to. So the underlying technology and the, and the level of security. Uh, that's what he's touching on. There's my like, next he could question. He's touching on liquidity there too, Adam, where he could be thinking, you know, yeah. you could you can move a billion dollars, you can move $2 billion, you can move a large subset. That's portability. Well, I'm okay. not there yet. I'm going to start okay. now digging in on durability. Okay. So now you I'm just sure it, blockchain. It we all know what blockchain is. It is a decentralized system that verifies transactions. Here's the question. If you don't have a fiat government with laws that regulate bad behavior, what is the punishment when you have a blockchain currency, a cryptocurrency? Okay when there potentially will be potentially bad behavior by an actor. So that's my question to you. Alon, any of you, please. What's the punishment for bad it. behavior? I can start it by saying, you know, we're, we're 10 years into Bitcoin, um, and at least the U.S. government still hasn't kind of figured out exactly everything. They're, you know, it's, I don't think it's the easiest problem to solve, but I would say, you know, that's why you're seeing the rise of like a DAO, like a, a decentralized autonomous organization where there's voting, right? There's a, you know, there could be a utility token, you know, that's used to power some product or, you know, raise money depending on where you're in the world where that's legal. And, um, you know, then that's why you're seeing the rise of like a governance token, right? And so depending on how much work and effort that you have um, as a part of that network, you know, you have, you have a vote. Um, and so if, you know, you're part of that network and, you know, maybe you're not acting in the appropriate way. I mean, the cool thing about a blockchain is that everything is recorded. They right? kick so you out. You know, what you're saying is you get in a doubt and if you don't behave, you get kicked out. Yeah, I've but actually been a part of DAOs where there's people whose uh, sort of job within the DAO is to keep people accountable. And not necessarily, you know, for people doing things that are illegal, but it's more like, hey, you promised to do X, Y, Z, and for that, you're going to earn, uh, you know, whatever. Um, if you're not doing it, they, they have sort of, you know, people whose their job to get paid by the DAO is to be an enforcer or things like that. But I think when it comes to, you know, normal government rules and regulations, crypto doesn't do it. Crypto actually enhances the ability for governments, for organizations to, uh, to uh, enforce certain things, right? And when we've had, for example, special agents um, from different government organizations speak at our events, and I've seen them speak at other events as well, they 100% across the board would rather the criminals that they're going after be transacting in crypto than in the US dollar. Because but they have more information. They got more information in the crypto, right? It's more the information, information is in and the money. Make it easier for them to track and trace the the criminals because you know it's it's just it is what it is. It's in if you see you know scams and things like that that happen in the crypto space, um, what you'll find is the smartest people in the world are in the crypto space. And when you crowdsource chasing after these scamsters. They figure it out. They figure out which wallets are doing it, where where it's going, and what's happening. So the government can do the same. And I think that's why I think most people in the crypto space are proponents to opening up regulation completely, but going after the people who commit fraud, 10x what they're doing now. Throw them all in prison. Go crazy, right? Go nuts okay. on the people who are committing well, real gonna, fraud, right? Who's going to throw them in prison if you don't know where they are? You or know where they are, you know that most of these things are pseudo anonymous, not actually anonymous. There's very okay, few right. people in the crypto space that are actually actually anonymous. Okay, so here's my government. question. Here's my question: Does the do are these DAOs beholden to fiat governments? As it to depends. all of these there, things that we're talking about, is there any kind of legal agreements? Well, yeah, they're citizens, well, yeah. They're citizens yeah. of certain countries and they have to legally abide by those countries' rules and laws. 
if they want to not get in trouble with their governments. But what's to say, you know, what exactly is international law in these situations? And, and what laws are they really breaking? That's the thing that's crazy to me. It's very few of these DAOs, some of them are, are defrauding people or at least at, at worst, yeah. like bait and switch kind of shady, shitty, you know, products on the internet. Selling an but, entire marketing wallet. Yeah, but a lot of these people who participate in these crazy uh, things are gambling themselves and know that this, this shit is a gamble. That's why I don't participate in a lot of these things because when something goes up in that kind of way and people are expecting the rug to be pulled at some point, there's somebody who's going to lose on the other side. So every time you make money, somebody else is losing in, in a way that's not sustainable, right? So there's those kind of things. And, you know, that's, but that's not the spirit of this industry as a whole. No, that's, you know, pointing at one bad actor versus the rest of the industry. I know, look, Alon, yeah. I met you, you have events, you guys are all kosher, you're there, you're not hiding anywhere pretty clear, right? It's just kind of common sense. If you're dealing yeah. with a person that you don't really, you don't know what's going on with them, they appear and then all of a sudden they're gone. Clearly you don't want to invest with that. But yeah. okay, so very good. So you've answered that question. All right, let's, let's do one last. more because- La Kevin Last one, yeah. Okay, yeah. and the last one, and that's Speaking it. And that's, people who keep coming that's and going. my only, <laughs> I don't really have any other questions. Portability, it's clear. You can port, you can, it's portable across the world. You can you know put your money David in a bit. Rankin. David yeah. Rankin, come join. I keep seeing you answer really freaking uh, great answers to these questions in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Come, come on stage and help us answer. He had some good um, examples of portability in terms of being able to grab your seed phrases, being able to move around the world, and being able to. I think that's what they mean by portability. Um, so, David, if you're not, you know, I know it's a, a family time evening right now. So, if you're not like in the middle of dinner, come join us. Just answering vigorously on his phone right now. <laughs> I think we've all been in that world. Oh, Alina. Oh, she dropped off the stage. Alina, thank you so much. I uh, uh, great questions. Great yeah, questions. Great questions. And, um, clarifications. I mean, she sure we'll jump on a table together soon. Oh, David is is coming on. Maybe you can say uh, something. We also got go. background. You know, Kevin keeps coming into the green room portion at the bottom and vanishing. I don't know what's up with Kevin today, his connection. What's up, David? You're muted. Hold on, do I have to turn off my other one? Yeah, you gotta turn off Remo. While, while he figures it out, it's crazy like, how many people actually don't know that you can buy $1 worth of Bitcoin. It's actually it's one of the big, deal. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yes. And it's, it's why a, you, know, I, you still see people like, um, I forget like his his actual name, but like Nick Parabolic, I, I forget his Twitter handle, but like you still see a lot of like the largest influencers like reminding people and like they're they're kind of actually trying to like rebrand like Satoshi. Like they're trying to brand the smaller, you know, amount so that people start to get excited about that. Sorry, I think David David's mic is bleeding in. Uh, but he's also frozen. So I'll remove him off stage for now. But uh, we, we only have a few minutes, and I, I want to go back to the, the QA because uh, for whatever reason, I'm also having connectivity issue. I think everybody's just overusing the, the global internet as we speak, uh, if that's even a thing. Uh, okay, uh, let's, let's go back to the QA for a minute, okay? Um, oh, this one's a really, really important question, probably the most important one we've gotten all evening, uh, specifically for John and Joe. So this one comes from John Dorfman. Where does Lunar Crush sell their merch. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting a new line. I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna start printing it myself and bootlegging it. Like you know, when you go to a concert and you're in the parking lot and some dude sells you like the ten dollar version of the t-shirt. I'm gonna start doing that because they don't have the website. Yet. So I'm gonna answer that one and just say that um, we we kind of don't sell our merch. I mean, we kind of have a few things that that we've created and we give out to you know friends, family, investors, that sort of thing. I'll just hint that in the future, we're going to be doing a lot more on that um, and rewarding certain users with merchandise and that sort of thing. So um, stay tuned. Amazing. I.e., we have new merch coming very soon, and we have a ton of it, and it's epic. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Dude, that, dude, so they, you guys just did the giveaway when you guys hit 100,000 followers on Twitter for those Moon Boy design uh, T-shirts and yep. sweatshirts. Those are so epic. 
those I, are I not going to be for boy. sale. Those are not going to be for sale. Those are, those are, but, but we will get you one. We will definitely get you one. So those are very, those are very special edition, but we'll be doing a lot more in the future. Yeah. So much more to come on that. Amazing. Adam, by the way, you used um, an FBI negotiating tactic right there. I don't know if you noticed it or not. The, the tactic is to like come into the beginning of a conversation and actually scare someone with the, this is the most important question in all of crypto. And so like your body is getting ready to answer something very difficult. And then you just like, where's your merch at? You can use that with your in-laws when you're trying to break some news to say, you know, I know you're going to be mad. I know you're going to be upset. And then you just come up with something really light. So it could work there. You didn't Thanks. even know you did it. Thanks, man. You, sh you should see my, my past life before crypto. I was, uh, I was a Russian spy. Let's bring up Kevin. All right. <laughs> let's, let's bring up Kevin. But Kevin's having connectivity issues. So I don't know if we're really bringing up Kevin. Interwebs. Interwebs. Well, is Kevin going to be like that guest? What was the guest from uh, uh, one of the late night talk shows where they every night were going to bring on a guest and then didn't actually bring him oh, on? Yeah. Was that a David Letterman where they were, or someone where like they're going to be here today, but they never were? Something like that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, Kevin. Kevin, you need to turn off Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clubhouse is the best, like, networking anything ever. What? I mean, the amount of trust you gain, like, uh, just by talking to someone, like, you know, it's helped me trust a lot of people more than otherwise it would have nope. been like. Ah, you know what's you, you know what's amazing? I just happened to look down at my notifications and I was like, "All right, I popped into your clubhouse room earlier, and yeah. it was about it was about a very basic topic, which is delegating, right? And you think yeah. when you're in your space, oh, you don't even think about it. It's just like it's like walking, but yeah. then you start to talk to people out there, and it's like, wait, how does that work? How does yeah. proof, what's proof of stake? How tell me how that works? Like, there's basic questions, just like. The question we were just addressing, no, you don't have to buy $38,000 of Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. Right. You can buy $50 worth. I mean, People still don't know. Yeah. And in the same vein, I mean, in, in Tezos, in the last couple of months, has experienced, the, I think, the greatest growth incline since the very beginning. Um, you know, uh, Even one NFT marketplace on Tezos right now has more daily active users, more sales, more minting, more transactions than every Ethereum NFT marketplace combined. It's almost number one for volume as well. Uh, all of a sudden, it's not even three months old. Holy crap. Um, and so, and also we have on the Tezos network overall, more bakers coming in at a faster rate than ever, more node operators. We have more uh, wallets uh, and funded wallets coming in. Uh, so just network worth of the uh, growth of the community overall. Uh, and all the big DeFi stuff, it's its really uh, coming around the corner. As soon as we have a lending system in there with Tezos.Finance, uh, we'll really start to scale out the, uh, the DeFi angle. And then it's like, you know, what can you say? But like you mentioned, I mean, we've been at this for so long, we forgot what it's like to take the first steps and learn to walk. Um, and I think even, even when it comes to our product design, like our wallets and all that, like it's, uh, you know, you don't know, um, like really, is this obvious <laughs> to everybody or have we just like been so used to the personal conversation or the trial and error to the point that we got used to it or the one-on-one -on -one where someone taught us something about, uh, you know, how to delegate and how to, you know, do this and that, that we're just kind of uh, complacent that we totally forgot that. So I think that's why these conversations are so good. Um, the other good thing about Clubhouse and things like it, I mean, about Clubhouse, it's like, it's not about the, the voice chat. You can get that everywhere. It's the discovery. It's that like new people are finding something that they never saw before and then they're cross, you know, pollinating their different interests. Like, wow. Uh, and you get to talk to so many people so quickly just about it. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing a lot of that, just the grunt work of like teaching people, okay, what's Tezos? What's proof of stake? How is Tezos proof of stake different than that proof of stake? Is Ethereum proof of stake gonna be like Tezos proof of stake? Is it Cardano gonna be proof of stake? It's just like, so it, it sharpens like even my own mind and how I think about things, but like it makes me form them into these things you know, called words, you know, that words that form an actual cohesive sentence that other people can understand outside of myself and my close circle. Like Crazy. That's, that's a really great. It's, it's remarkable. Uh, but yeah, so and even I, I had forgotten because we onboarded so many people to these Tezos wallets and onto Tezos over the last couple of months. It's like, oh, my God, dude, we forgot about the 
the baking and the delegating. And then so I started asking even people who are like OGs at this point, like people who got on months ago, and then they've been onboarding people who have been onboarding people who have been onboarding people. I like, do you are you delegating your test? Like, no, what's that? Oh shit! I should have told you this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, so now what, we're, we're so what back. you're what you're talking about is actually a really big piece of advice that I, I would give to everyone listening, and that is how important frequency is, because. When you say something one time, I mean, these social channels are moving so fast. You say something one time, you mentally think you're done. You think you you said it to the community, right? Like you taught them this stuff. You're done. It's, it's gone. Every day there's more people coming in. Your, your message is long gone. And so frequency is so important. And when we see the top influencers, I mean, these people are posting 50 times a day. And that's like that. Think about all the dedication that takes to post 50 times a day. And that's because well, increase to 50 is what you're telling me. All right. Well, I mean, maybe not that much, but I mean, if you're talking about teaching, wait, they're, like, they're, they're posting tweets, like one yeah. tweet for every two times Kevin does a clubhouse chat. <laughs> I mean, if you go, but you go back, I think it was like way I'm back still like, up there. Come on. It was a guy Kawasaki or whatever, like way back years back. ago talking about this, how you post it in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, it may not be exactly the same thing. But your post is gone, um, and you yeah. mentally think you got it done. You don't want to overpost. You don't want to annoy people. But most people haven't even seen it. So it's yeah. an interesting thing um, how this all works. But and we we just see it. We see the patterns. I mean, I'd, I'd say twenty to fifty times a day on the top influencers. These are the people with hundreds just, of thousands. I just of followers. get lazy and retweet my own tweet from like the day before because I'm like not enough engagement on that. <laughs> it's difficult. I mean, that, I think you gotta that, take a second that, look at. This this shit is fire, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying what John sometimes said right there. Sometimes that, there's that that's kind of second win. Scarface went into theaters, it flopped. It was it was open and closed the same weekend. But look what happened. Retweet your own tweets. You know, people always say Scarface was the was the Dogecoin of the movie industry. <laughs> that, that's trending. Oh, yeah, but on Elon, I mean there's quiet people, you know. He's going to look at proof of stake uh, uh, models. Uh, uh, it was Vishak who's on the stable team. Uh, he pointed out something that's kind of like, I think it's kind of obvious, but I mean, it's like, yeah, it, 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 he, Elon Musk went down the crypto route. Like everybody goes down the crypto route. You start with Bitcoin because that's the most famous. It's the biggest and all that. Then you get into the stuff, which is, you know, store of value, simple enough, linear, but more fun. Dogecoin, fuck it. Why not? And then, you know, you start to think more about the technology stuff that appeals to your values. And then you start to reassess and go, what am I actually doing here? What am I interested in? Um, you know, I, I went through all of that and then I landed on Tezos. I don't know. I'm not saying he will or whatever. Maybe well, he'll he make just, a Tesla. He just tweeted the uh, Reddit for Dogecoin and said, please, um, you know, start putting suggestions and innovations down. So I'm not quite sure he's going to migrate anywhere else outside of Dogecoin. Um, I think he's probably going to press that button for the next couple of months, if, if I were going to guess. I think this is a pretty big, like when we talk about, I mean, we see it too. The social activity of Tezos is like a rocket just straight up this year. It's consistent, consistent. That's a beautiful thing versus like, I don't know, like someone at Tezos hiring a bunch of like five or six influencers to post for a week and then it's gone. Um, it's consistent community growth. And so I think there's been this really, really interesting, fascinating narrative Um like you mentioned Cardano, we see the same thing in Cardano. We see the same thing in, in like Polkadot and Kusama, um, but especially we see it in Matic, Matic Network or Polygon, yeah. um, which is the narrative is all about low fees and speed and building on top of low fees and speed. What's gonna solve that? And everyone's looking for the next thing to solve that. And that's, that's where we see increasing social activity across the board, forget the project across the board, we see it. Right. I mean, they, they piggyback a lot off of just Ethereum. Um, and I think uh, especially where I've seen, like there's been rapid embrace of, of Tezos on the NFT front where the crypto conversation has been for the last few months. I mean, that's where the applied use cases and all that. Uh, but like the resistance uh, of those coming to Tezos, even though it seems so obvious before even Polygonmatic and option, um, 
it, it goes towards, I think, the, the sunk cost fallacy. Uh, it's more like, well, I spent this money on Ethereum. I've gone, I've gone the deep commitment telling me that this was, could have been another economic choice. No, no, no. no. Uh, let, let's well, stay on this. There's, there's a few, there's a few angles too. There's the communities exist on Ethereum. So if we're going to NFTs as an example, the people who've been around for a long time, remember Tezos in 2017. And they saw what, what was going on, and then it, it acted like some of the other uh, projects that sort of just leveled off and were very, you know, whatever. And in their eyes, Tezos was a thing that launched, and not, nothing really ever happened. But nothing really did ever happen until now that was very public and in your face and poking you every single day, the way the new platform worked. Now, with the NFT communities going from you know, Rarible and OpenSea and what's going on in the Ethereum network and everything else to Tezos, there's a certain level of like, that's where the money is. So it's like, even with all of the volume that's happening on Tezos, on Calament and uh, here and now and, and these other platforms, it's still the dollar values on average are so much lower, but they have to be in a way because of the fees and things like that. But if you're an artist, and you're hoping everybody thinks that they're the man, right? Everybody thinks they're going to be the person who's going to sell the million dollar NFT. So why go to the place where I can earn a decent living? You want to go to the place where you're going to be the rock star, right? And so there's just a, a marketing perception or something until there becomes a few Tezos NFT uh, uh, artists who, who make a million dollar NFT or, you know, and yeah. then it can flip. Yeah. If you actually, if you go to nonfungible.com, you can see a list of marketplaces and their performance. They they list them for the last seven days. Um, you know, uh, it's not as impressive as we necessarily imagine. Um, I think Super Rare is kind of on the top there uh, with uh, 99 sales in the last seven days, um, 1,469,000 over seven days. Wait, but that's over it's 10 grand 000, right? per NFT, hmm? right? And if I want to buy one five dollar NFT like on Rarible, I but the thing is, if I want to buy a five dollar NFT on Rarible, I pay fifty dollars in fees or some crazy amount like that, which makes the five dollar NFTs pointless. Like you just don't do it, right? Yeah. So the only you ones worth big. buying are the ones that are gonna make you ten grand. Yeah. So I I would I would suggest that the the median artist revenue on Ikatnunk or Calament is higher than any NFT platform and I, or, or, or their margin, if you, whichever way you want to look at it, even, even revenue, because it's like, there are people who just, they say like, I, you know, they go on OpenSea and they get more sales on Ikatnunk or Calament than they got views on OpenSea. I think that's a big statement more sales on these Tezos marketplaces than views on Calumet and then, uh, then on OpenSea. Um, I think that's, that, that's a really important point. Also, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Alan. Uh, like if we, we look at the thing that happened a few years ago with like this crowd sale, that was the biggest crowd sale of all time, the Tezos crowd sale, $232 million in a few weeks in August. And then you didn't, something happened and you didn't hear from it for a while. There was another project that had a crowd sale one month after Tezos had its crowd sale, September of 2017. Uh, and it raised $217 million. That project was Filecoin by Protocol mm -hmm. Labs, who spent years and years developing what we now enjoy across every blockchain NFT marketplace, and that's IPFS. Um, and, and really every application now, developers immediately, as soon as it came out, just like, yep, yeah, we're doing this in IPFS. So what do you think? What do you think is the what do you think is the difference then in? Uh, do you think it's a marketing issue? Do you think it's actually execution? Because well, up until I think they're both in the position now. Where I think we're seeing the fruits of the labor now. Because the yeah. honest truth is, this stuff takes years to get right. You know, we launched Tezos mainnet uh, 2018, like a year after August September 2018, uh, and then it took like uh, and still then it took another year to get through to like, not just the, you know, the baking layer, but then the gossip layer and then the governance layer. And then, so it wasn't until like that, like two years until we we're like, okay, now we're set. Now we have the Tezos thing that we imagined and now we can start building stuff. Um, so uh, really like, uh, and then we had to like, okay, now we had a token standard 
I mean, I was in there and like with those 2019 trying to like get the wallets. Okay, yeah, let, let's add the tokens to the wallets. Let's add them to the block explorers. You know, let's get a token economy going. And it wasn't well, until- How about add yeah. the tokens? So here's a conversation that I uh, sort of overheard today, but was interested in, in learning about is, you know, think about this, not one Tezos project that has their own token on Tezos has their token listed on a centralized exchange. Not one other than Tezos itself. So not one FA2 standard token, that's like the ERC20 for Tezos, has their token on a centralized exchange, which is interesting because every company I've heard that wants to get listed on a centralized exchange, the centralized exchange tries to get them to pay to integrate that token standard. But once that happens, I would imagine, and now I'm sort of making a prediction uh, across the market, so I won't talk about any particular token, but I would imagine it would add immense value to the whole ecosystem, right? Uh, once that happens to one token. So there's going to be some interesting things. I'm uh, uh, I'm giving Kevin some shit here and there, but um, I just, full yeah. disclosure, we're investors in, Te in Kevin's company and we're huge fans of Tezos. So, um, but I'm trying to, uh, to, to play devil's advocate and also learn and understand myself. So we're beyond time and we got to jump to yeah. uh, the networking portion soon, right? Adam. Uh, yeah, let's, 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 let's wrap it up guys. Uh, what a fruitful conversation. So many different topics. Really, Kevin, thank you for coming on. Joe, John, Alon, guys, cheers. Session 61 of Blockchain and Booze. Before, oh, before, uh, before I let everyone go, I got to quickly plug our <laughs> other beloved media partner, Blockchain Radio. And Pierre and the team over there have been a longtime media partner to them. Shout out to Blockchain Radio. Go check them out. They basically syndicate the audio to their hundreds of thousands of listeners uh, every single month. Uh, so cheers to Pierre and Blockchain Radio. Guys, session 61. Go to meet.blockchainbooze.io. My favorite part of Blockchain and Booze where we congregate, turn on our cameras, turn on our microphones, drink, network, hang out, laugh, and meet everybody that's been watching live. So meet.blockchainbooze.io. Go there or be square. Uh, hold on. What is that alone? What are we I'm, seeing? I'm, 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 oh I'm practicing for the tattoo I'm going to give Joe. When Lunar Crush becomes a ten billion dollar company, only ten, not hundred. Meet meet the block. <laughs> meet the blockchain booze.io. This is the most gangster I've oh, ever man. seen alone. <laughs> it's all the hat. missing. Yeah, it's, it's all hat. missing. Yeah, put on his hat and something changes. <laughs> guys, next next week uh, we got a fun session with Sam Bankman Fried uh, and the guys at Solana. So that's going to be really, really cool. So join in next week. Uh, this was session 61. Meet.blockchainbooze.io. Go there or be square. Cheers, everyone. We'll see Cheers. you in there. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.